0: My name is Ian Mann, and I am joined by my colleague here in Hong Kong, Dayton Riddle. Welcome, Dayton. Uh,
1: Ian, thanks for having me back. Uh, I mean, it feels like uh, only yesterday I was here talking about uh, Supreme Tycoon, but... uh,
0: Well, I don't know how we tricked you into coming back, but thank you very much for attending. Uh, You obviously enjoyed the first session immensely. Of course. (laughs) So today, we're going to be talking about a very weird line of cases in the Cayman Islands, which I'll just call the sort of Emadat point, um, which sort of um, flip-flops and seems to have settled for the moment. But but watch this space. We're always looking for opportunities to change the law again. Um, But it had quite serious consequences, in a number of cases involving fairly um, substantial companies here in Asia. So, I mean, broadly, what is the Emadat point, if I can put it that way? Sure.
1: I, th- I think, uh, at its core, simplest, uh, terms, it's, it's whether or not the directors of a company have the right to, to bring a petition to wind up the company with or without shareholder approval. Mm. Um, so the UK position, uh, back in 1979 with Emmendart said that, uh, you know, without a specified power in the Articles Association, uh, companies' directors cannot bring a winding up petition
0: without, uh, without shareholder resolution or shareholder approval. But I mean, okay, very old law, but that sort of rather sounds fair, doesn't it? Because as a subscriber to shares, as a shareholder, you don't expect the directors to be winding up the company anytime soon. Well, yeah,
1: I would agree with that, up until the extent that the the company is insolvent. Because at that point, um, the actions of the directors should be to the creditors um, and not to uh, the rights of the company or the shareholder. So once yeah, you become yeah. insolvent, then... The company should move towards insolvency and winding up. And of
0: course, I mean, if I, I was a director, I'd obviously be terrified um, about some claim against me personally, because I don't want to be trading. I mean, so there's a public policy issue, actually, as well as then one for personal liability. I don't want to be trading whilst the company's insolvent. But I mean, why would shareholders ever resist such a proposition? I suppose they'd be saying, "Well, oh, the company isn't insolvent, or arguing that. They. Yeah, I mean... Uh
1: would imagine that or it could just be that there's other other, other like looking for a sweetener essentially. <laughs> yeah, effectively effectively trying and, to get as much out of the action as possible. And listen, I mean we, we we
0: you call it a sweetener when you act for shareholders and you say, you know, you're unfairly trying to extract value out of an insolvent company and restructuring when you act for the company, don't you? It's just <laughs> exactly. where you are in the capital structure, I suppose. But why also complicated in Cayman? So um, Emma Dart, um very old law, as you say, 1979, that was the English common law, and that now seems to be the law in Cayman, but he didn't sort of start off that way. Well, just talk, talk me through, the, what was the first case on, on this? So, the first case
1: came out uh, back in 1998, yeah. uh, back, it uh, was decided actually by Justice Smelly. Okay, as, um, as he then was. Yep, that Now the Chief
0: Justice of, of the Cayman Islands. Correct,
1: before, yeah. where he decided... Okay. Um, he had t- determined that the Imadar principles applied um, in, in that the company couldn't be wound up without shareholder approval. Mm. Now, if we fast forward to 2011, uh, Justice Jones looked yes. at the uh, 2009 revision of the company's law um, and made the determination that the directors uh, could wind up with or without any specific power. Now, this directly went against the ruling in Banco Economico, and it was interesting in the fact that Justice Jones made that determination mm. that the law said that the directors had the absolute right to do this, despite the fact that section ninety four didn't change from the previous version of the
0: law. <laughs> well, I mean, let's look at this. Because I mean it, it was um it was a sort sub- of well, how do I put this right a left field decision, wasn't it? The section ninety-four, subsection two of the company's law just says it. It says quite clearly. Um, that the directors need an express provision in the Articles of Association um, in order to present that winding up petition. End off, right? Yep. And so how does Andrew Jones um, sort of reason around that? We're difficult. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> you can't justify it. Yeah. yeah. He's being pragmatic, essentially.
1: Yeah. Right? yeah. Effectively, he's looking uh, for a, a valid... Way to introduce a restructuring activity mm. for, in particular, like uh, Cayman listed companies, Or mm. then then um, because it, it makes it very difficult to seek to have a director be able to wind up a company
0: if you're having to seek shareholder approval mm. at an EGM of a listed company. Mm-hmm. So and instance, actually, just, I mean, just to give you a context, you know, seventy percent of the companies listed on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange are offshore companies either Cayman Islands or Bermuda, and in order to effectory restructuring, you often put that company into provision liquidation. In order to do that, you need to present a petition as well, which obviously you're not going to pursue. You're just going to, um, through a summons, have that PL. And so, I mean, to be, to, to be fair to Justice Jones, um, most people thought that that was a very sensible decision as a, as a matter of pragmatism. Um, but then Ingrid Mangatell, Justice Mangatell, when we get to the case of China Shan Shui, and if we're talking Cantonese, it it, it is pronounced Shan Shui, not Mandarin, where they'd say "shan shui," but in China, "shan shui," everything changes again. And 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 how so, uh,
1: Data? Well, actually, Mangatau uh, takes a look at the literal um, reading of the actual statute and says yeah. that Section ninety four two actually applies to all companies; mm. it doesn't just apply just to solvent companies. Mm. And therefore, she reverts back to Justice Smelly's interpretation of the of the statute and the the amendment applies. Mm. As a result of that. Basically, it means that all companies that were incorporated prior to March 1st of 2009 had to have shareholder approval in order to be wound up in the in. Wow. And if they were after March 1st 2009, uh, they would have to have specified power in the Articles of Association in order to be able to be wound up by the
0: directors. I suppose you're going to tell me, Harney says a little cottage industry in, in suggesting to people that if it wants to make amendments to its moment, it better get on with it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I, it, I mean, it, that must be right as, as a matter of, you know, a forensic decision, a lawful decision. She, uh, Justice Mangata must be absolutely right. And but it was a terrible shame in the context of China Shanshui, of course, because a an appointment of a PL would have um, imposed a moratorium, which would then would have stopped just all of the wasteful, countless number of lawsuits involved. In that company, and, and 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 might have rescued the company better, as it were. But um, what a dilemma! And so, is that the end of it? Can 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 all of this flip-flopping, as it were, stop? And and can we can we tell our listeners um, that it's all just Emma Dart, essentially? <laughs> for now, uh, for now,
1: we can. But I, I think it's important to note there's a there was a novel <laughs> okay, uh, work go. around that's actually been utilized uh, mm. several times mm. since. Uh, since that, so and that goes into CHC Group Limited. Oh, yeah. And CHC Group Limited, uh, Justice McMillan mm. uh, uh, gave the decision in which a creditor, mm. a company actually sought out and found a friendly creditor okay. who then makes the petition yeah. um, to wind up the company. And upon doing so, the directors can then immediately respond by making a summons to appoint PLs. Wow. So, so effectively, it
0: goes is, around. Yeah. Is there anything wrong with that? Is that a wheeze? Is it, or is that just absolutely fine? You, you find a creditor that you say, well, you, you got the right locker stand standi, and the the cause to pursue this petition. Please threaten to wind us up. And that, that gives us, because of Bob McMillan's decision, um, that gives us the ability then to appoint PLs where perhaps we couldn't had we initiated it ourselves. Is, 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 that, a, is that all perfectly sensible, I don't know? I don't, I don't know the answer to
1: that question either. But I think, I think that is a perfect justification as to why the Cayman Islands likely needs to look to amend uh, the current version of the
0: company's law. Or at the very least, I mean, this needs to go to the Court of Appeal, doesn't it? Yeah, it needs as to how all this is really going to work. I mean, I have a lot of sympathy for the what I always call the Rika Gold point, which is a sort of late nineteenth-century English decision, and that just says, well, listen. If you have no economic interest in the outcome of a winding up, i.e., you're a shareholder in an insolvent company, then we're not going to listen to you. I mean, why should we? Um, and, you know, Cayman Law has always been very clear on that. And I, essentially, in China Milk, that's what um, Justice Jones was saying. He's saying, well, I'm not listening to these out of the money uh, shareholders. I just want to get on with the, with, with the people that matter and the economic outcome. Yep. Yeah. Well, interesting times. Watch this space. Dayton, thank you very much for coming. Yep. Thanks again for having me.